we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. Okay, I don't know. Don't, don't ever so bring so you guys around me. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I'm not really sure what I've done to you, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. My name is Eddie Estrada. I'm here with my co-host, Armin. Armin, what's up? I've been thinking about beer pong a lot lately, and I feel like you are definitely not the Dorit of beer pong. Okay, that was just the most recent party. I was so bad because remember the remember you the, were terrible the party of camille's party the party before me and camille destroyed it remember we were like yes you're sinking right and i'm left and right i was good i don't know why i was off my game this time i was terrible at beer pong but honestly everybody who was playing was terrible that yeah. game took literally 90 minutes well yeah also i think all of us were like a little bit drunk at that point right. so like all of us but were like the way it's supposed to go. i mean yeah but we were i we were not in the capacity and i just kept trying to like Get some music bump in. So me and Camille really focused on music. True. You guys were DJing. So. There was only one Dorit at that party. Was it you? <laughs> Give me I, props. Give I me love credit. you. I love you comparing yourself to Dorit Kemsley. Well, I was the Dorit of beer pong. Okay. True. I hit. I was. A, I did celebrity shots. You that did. Night, you and killed I hit two it. Two of three. You did. One of which being a behind the back shot. That that is true. Everyone went wild for that shot. That, that was, was really crazy. Fun. Yeah. No, I mean, it was impressive. <laughs> I channeled my inner Dorit. You channeled, but which we didn't know at the time, but we now we do know. In my heart, I knew. You you saw the future. You how, saw that future for yourself. How is Dorit that good at beer pong, Eddie? I think there's a lot of things we don't know about Dorit. I think she's I think she's a hustler. She's a, she's a scammer. She's a scammer? <laughs> Joanne the scammer. <laughs> I was trying to give her props and credit here. We're taking this into a dark place. Um, a hundred percent. But she can barbecue. That's not scam related. Yeah, okay. I was okay. I was just impressed this, with her this, camping this chops. This prissy ass bitch from like Connecticut is an expert at beer pong and grilling burgers. You're telling me? I watched it on TV. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Her image she puts out of herself and the image that we're seeing in this glamping situation are two very different Dorit. I see what you're saying. I'm but maybe saying, there's more than meets the eye, right? I'm there's saying, more to Dorit than what they have shown us so far I'm until this episode. I'm telling you, this is Joanne the Scammer IRL. Like we see we see the we see the video parody online, but we all now know this can't is where you, they got the idea. Can't you be multidimensional? Can't Dorit be super classy and have the appropriate glassware with the appropriate drink. But at the same time, she could play some beer pong. She can grill up. Oh, no. Can't you do it all? I think you can do it all, but I don't want her bitching about the right stemware when she's out here flipping burgers. Like, be a real person. You don't need to be this prissy asshole. You you are saying that the person who complained about stemware was fake and this yes. is the real Dory. Yes. I think we're seeing a side of her that we didn't know before. Do you think now that LVP is out of the picture, we're going to get her real accent? <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get that until we like, I think a little by year, like little by little parts of she'll it will come it out. Yeah. She'll phase it out until we like didn't even realize and be like, what did she, she change her voice? Huh. We didn't know. She just changed a little bit every year until it's, it's like 5% like, every yeah. season for like nine seasons. Yeah. And then finally we're like, oh, so this is what Dorit sounds like. And she's <laughs> like, who, who wants my flips and burgers for you? 
We're like, oh, wow. So this is her. That's Dorit's real accent. That's Dorit's real accent. I like well, it. Well, if you guys don't know, we're talking about Real Houses, Beverly Hills, and recapping it. I know we went on a little Dorit um, tangent, tangent. But we're talking about the glamping episode, which was so much fun. It so, was a lot of fun. In a season full of tension, this was a nice reprieve from all of that it was anxiety-inducing puppy gate nonsense. And you know what? It showed that the show can survive without LVP. Like, this show does not need her. She was not in this episode. Does any franchise rely on a single housewife? No, but I think maybe LVP thought that. And I think a lot of the people who watched the show believe that, too. I'm, I'm going to keep my words about LVP to a minimum because those stands, let me tell you. She also didn't appear in this episode. No, she wasn't in this episode at all. Yeah. And rumor is, after next episode, the scenes with Camille, we won't see her anymore. Wow. And how many more episodes are left? I'm not sure, but we're only on episode like... 13? 13, and there's usually like 18 to 20. So she's going to disappear for like five, six episodes? Wow. I mean... And maybe three straight at the very end. If she doesn't show up to the reunion. I think she's just going to do a video in. I really do. I would hate that. Don't do the video in, please. I don't want to see a video in. Show up or don't show up. I'd rather you not show up and do a video in. I agree, but I think that's what she's going to do. I hope not. Anyway, back to this. I loved their visit to the grocery store because they were camping for one night. And I swear they bought everything in existence at the grocery store. I'm not joking you. This is me when I go to Coachella. We literally go to the grocery store and we buy like $400 worth of stuff. But you're going for like three days. Yeah, but do you know how many hours I'm in the hotel room? Maybe like three hours the entire trip. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I need breakfast bars. I need waters. I need Pedialyte. Need I need alcohol. I need, wow. What midnight snacks? I'm spending $15 for each meal at Coachella anyways. I'm still eating. I It's... I just saw a lot of myself in the scene where like Lisa Renna's like, oh, let's get donuts. And she just buys them. <laughs> Kyle's like, you're not going to eat the donuts, Lisa. My favorite was the cheesy puffs. Oh my God. I see. She's I like, remember these cheesy puffs. I mean, I did love um, Erica getting cheese whiz. Whenever I see cheese whiz or whatever, I always think of it's the Linen Tower of Cheese from um, the Goofy movie where the guy makes like the guy's obsessed with like the easy cheese. He's like, it's easy cheese, squeeze cheese, the Linen Tower of Cheese. Also, can we quickly talk about how everyone was having so much fun with it? Rina's like, I want to get chips and this and that. And Denise is like, we need tequila, a lot of tequila. Yeah. And then there's Kyle, carrots and hummus. <laughs> You're going camping. I mean, my, I, mean I, I guess mean, you need some veggies. I'm a but. carrots and hummus person when I'm camping. I'm a hummus freak. I'm a carrots and hummus person in general. I actually love that snack. It's a great snack. But camping? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, they I'm like, have some fun, Kyle. Let's be real. They were glamping because these places that oh, they yeah. were staying, these like little yurts were like, these yurts were yeeting, eating, banging. And I was loving it. They were like McMansions. No, it was great. They had a personal um, massage therapist. It was nuts. Oh, it was fantastic. I would love to do this. I would love to go here. I want to look up where they stayed. It was only, what was it? Only 158 a night? Yeah, what? Like nothing. I think they were in Thousand Oaks too. So it's no, not they were in, they were like literally in Ventura. Oh, Ventura. Yeah. Yes, they were in Ventura. You're right. But like, okay, 
I would love to go stay here just like one night, like a little getaway, like a staycation, drive up to Ventura with my easy cheese and my tequila and just get a massage, relax. Let's do it, Eddie. I, I think we should. I mean, let's, that far. let's get our Skyline RV and <laughs> let's make our way up there. Spend $700 at the grocery store. Yeah. It actually costs more at the, at grocery, the grocery store, store than, than to actually stay there. But I did really like it. I mean, it looked beautiful. The rooms were great. See, this is also what I like about Beverly Hills is like I see places to eat or I see places I want to go. Well, like Il Cielo, I've been there with like my boss. Like Il Cielo is like a normal restaurant that I've been to and that's where they had Camille's wedding shower. Right. And it's like, oh, that's a place I've gone. It's like what the hills used to be where it was like, oh, let's look out for that place or I want to go so bad to um, what was what was that one bar that they always used to go to? I can't even remember. Also, there's Vanderpump Rules with that same phenomenon, right? They go to a lot of places that we end up going to. Alameo, Toca Madera. Yeah, Toca Madera was the best example of that. Everyone started going to Toca Madera. I literally went to Toca Madera for brunch and I was like, it was nothing special. I mean, I got very drunk, let's be real. But I, I actually had gone to Toca Madera a few times before it had its moment on Vanderpump Rules, but I actually yeah. ended up stumbling in, in there randomly um, during the day for brunch. Um, we were going to go to a different place, but it was like deserted. There was nobody there. And we're like, we want some environment. We go to Toca Madera and I'm talking to the bartender. We're sitting at the bar and I'm like, do you get a lot of people here because of Vanderpump Rules? And he's like, it's funny you ask. Yeah, we are. We are getting a lot of people because this was kind of in the immediate aftermath of that. But yeah, I totally feel that. And only BH as a franchise is going to go glamping to this extent. Oh, yeah, I know. It was so on brand for Beverly Hills. Yeah, and I... My, I mean, it's not I, even camping. I was cracking up when Lisa Renna's like, okay, yeah, I could do this. <laughs> she yeah. like goes and she's like, okay, I got this. Like, she was yeah, so nervous. Yeah, she was testing out the tent. Yeah, she was stressed as hell. And she's like, okay. And Hamlin's like, there's going to be bears. You have also, to watch out for bears. Also, the amount she packed for one night when Erica's like, what's in here, a dead body? But like, I feel that though. You know me, I'm always like an overpacker. Erica's actually been killing it in her confessionals. Well, yeah. So I kind of liked what she said um, when she was talking about, then she was like, I, you know, she said something like, I have love for everyone who's here right now. Everyone who's decided to show up, not someone who's playing chess pieces, trying to play the game. Like this is like real deal friends or whatever. Playing chess like Bobby Fisher, perhaps. Mm, I wonder who's, uh, who's been uh, associated with that before. Hmm. But like, I mean, she basically is like, you know what? Like, she's super anti-LVP. But she, I think she has been since she, I mean, remember when, was it, someone called her a crocodile or what did Lisa, she call Lisa a crocodile? Pretty much since the beginning. Although I feel like at first her and LVP were kind of cool. Although LVP is pretty cool with all the newcomers at first. Because she wants to use them. Yeah. But Erica had her own motives. She had her own game, and she wasn't going to let herself be used. Although I don't think that this characterization of LVP is totally fair. I feel like I feel like she's not this like master manipulator. Where there's smoke, the there's fire. We literally saw the kids on Vanderpump Rules complaining about the same thing last, like earlier this week. Look, I'm not saying that the majority isn't correct often. But there are many examples of the consensus being wrong. And in this case, I just think it's a lot more complicated than everyone's making it out to be. I think it's an easy narrative to grasp onto. Um, I don't think that 
LVP is only like this. We know outside of these shows, she has plenty of friends that are long lasting, like that go back, date back decades. Name three. Well, I don't know them, but they've been alluded to, and we know because of PK, there's connections. PK is one of them, by the way. PK. Hoise. <laughs> Although I don't think that they, dates back decades. But we we do know that, that LVP well, has let's long-time stop, friends. Let's stop talking about her because... Okay, you brought her up. She's. I mean, I brought her up because Erica said she was over it. Like, she wasn't even in this episode. Um, but let's get into... Um, the barbecuing because I thought that was a really funny moment. Literally, everyone is trying to make dinner and no one can. <laughs> Camille's ruining food, oh, just Cam- straight up ruining food. Camille has no clue. I mean, she has no clue what she's doing. I can't. I can't lie. I have to say, I thought I knew how to barbecue. I was like, oh yeah, I got this. Um, when I was at my cabin, and I was, I my friend was like, he was like, okay, you set up the barbecue, I'll grill, just like get it all ready to go. I'm going to jump in the shower really quick. When I'm out of the shower, I'll come help you. And I was like, okay. So I'm literally by myself, like cooking up, like trying to get the coal started. And I'm like, I do all the, 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 uh, whatever it's called, like the gasoline, like the wet stuff, (laughs) I the charcoal in there. And I keep like lighting it. It's not lighting. I'm out there for like 20 minutes trying to light this thing. I guess I was doing it completely wrong. Oh, Eddie. It was lit in like five minutes when my friend came out. <laughs> and he was like, now we're 15 minutes behind on dinner. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you remember, I had a barbecue at my old apartment. You did. On the balcony. And actually, I bought it for football Sundays and just any gathering in general, but specifically for football Sundays. And I actually, I built it myself. I mean, they give you all the pieces and stuff. I'm, I didn't create it from scratch. <laughs> you make it sound like, like you're like out here hammering yeah. the metal, like welding it together. <laughs> I made this barbecue myself. But I took all these pieces. I cr- I built this barbecue. And uh, from jump, you know, I would make the fires myself. I would cook up meals. You can ask Camille. She said the best chicken she ever had was from that grill prepared by me. I, I'm, I'm good with the grill. I, I, but also like growing up, like almost every family event was centered around the grill and like my dad and my uncles, they love grilling. So even though I wasn't always physically doing it, although sometimes they'd say, Hey, here, here help out, whatever, just a little bit. Cause they love to have control of the grill. Um, I was always there like watching, you know, I feel like I was learning and absorbing. <laughs> my, and I had my time with the grill. My job was literally just, Oh, can you put cheese? Find out who wants cheese and put cheese on the ones that people want cheese. I'm like, who wants cheese on their burger? And then I just would go over and pop the cheese. I was not a You're grower. really good at putting cheese on burgers. Yeah, I'm really good at that. That's a talent. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, I so, used to do grilled artichokes, Eddie. So I, I would have been, I mean, at, I wouldn't be Camille bad. You wouldn't be burning rubber. No. Yeah, why was she using a plastic spatula? I Though I do have to say, when I was younger, I was really, really bad at cooking and I... I melted a spatula before. So you've been Camille. You are Camille. Just said <laughs> I've blown up a microwave before. What? I literally, the house smelled like smoke. Like there was like. Did smoke you put damage. like a spoon or a fork inside? No, I What'd didn't put foil inside. Um, I was cooking coffee cake, like crumb cake, and I meant to put it on for a minute, and I accidentally put it on for ten minutes, and I just left it in there and Edit. forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like maybe like eleven. And I was like watching TV or something and I forgot that I was cooking breakfast and all of, and I like, I think I ended up going back to my room or something too, oh, or like gosh. going to the bathroom and then the fire alarm is going off 
and oh like God. there's smoke all in the house and the plate is broken because of the heat like the yeah, glass plate course. broke it was really bad you're worse than camille i blew up the microwave <laughs> it was really bad but any more of these stories i'm loving this we could have a whole podcast on this i don't think i have any more for right now <laughs> but but yeah so i mean now i'm saying i'd be better at barbecue but like Camille never had to cook. She was too busy pegging Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> she, she wasn't using, she only knows how to use rubber. A dildo. Hello. She can't put it on the grill, but. She can put it in Kelsey Grammer's ass. All right. Let's get to that, that part. Was let's let's that talk was about this. So, hey, good for Kelsey, by the way. Nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just imagining. Did Are you, you imagining it? No. Have you ever seen Broad City? Of course, when, yes, yes, the pagan, yes. yes, the pagan episode with Abby where of she course. like melts the dildo. Oh my god, it's just like I could see Kelsey being really upset at Camille being like, "You ruined my dildo. I'm not gonna get pegged tonight." <laughs> Camille, Fraser would not like this. That's <laughs> Do you my- think they role played like he was Fraser. No, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to think about it's an image that's burned into my mind now that I wished was not there in the first place. But Camille, I love it. When Good you for give Camille. I mean, she's like a great partner. I mean, yeah. she's willing to go the distance. Yeah. You need her to peg, she'll peg. I mean, to eat everyone, everyone's. I just know not everyone is willing to be, you know, so accepting, so accepting, experimental, try new things. <laughs> I mean, I was I was more into D- Denise being like all the men I've been with before had happy endings. So and right. Aaron never had that experience. So I wanted Aaron, and he hated it. And she yeah. was like, she was like, I had it before. I'm like, oh my god, I love Denise. She's great. And she loved it. Okay, but this is so funny because I was like, this is so weird because I feel like happy endings has like been like a recurring theme in my life. <laughs> what? My Amazon re-suggested Happy Endings, the TV show. Oh. <laughs> and I think also, it just, honestly, it shows kind of like the future of relationships. Like you have to, like people are so chill. Like you just have to understand that like there is no like X, Y, Z, like formula for a perfect relationship. Like everyone's going to, like Camille Grammer needs to pay Kelsey. Like, and awesome. Like if that works for them, great. Then, you know, Denise wanted Aaron to get a happy ending. He hated it. It works, you know, like, and it's, I think it's nice to kind of see that these uptight women from Beverly Hills who are, you know, regarded usually as so conservative and normal and normal in quotations, like heteronormative like situations are kind of breaking the boundaries. And, you know, Beverly Hills has a, has a little bit of a, a kinkier side than we thought. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that this was such an anti-BH discussion. Normally, BH never ventures into the sex talk. And if they do, like you said, it's very heteronormative. It's not that Or it's you know, Lisa like, I only give it up to Ken once a year. Right. Because, exactly. you know, he's sleeping with all the other women on the side, but... <laughs> spilled it um but we saw the reactions of all the other women and they were shocked and even denise said i feel like like you guys are judging me and they were very quick to say no we're not judging you i'm not a nun i'm not a nun i'm no nun but let's be real 
there was a little bit of judgment, and you saw in the confessionals them saying, oh, we would never even consider this. We chop off the hand of the person who gave the happy ending and this and that. Um, but it is cool to see some flavor, a little bit of like diversity in um, the the bedroom, right? <laughs> <laughs> what they're what they, wow. they're interested in bh going where new york's been seven years ago right yeah honestly, new york's been doing this since day one but the new york ladies are a little bit more that's more their vibe it was nice it was refreshing to see that on beverly hills i'm gonna say completely totally agree all right let's get into the drama of the episode which is camille versus teddy right yeah <sighs> so camille wants LVP at her wedding but doesn't think LVP is going to go because LVP obviously feels uncomfortable with the rest of the ladies because of the situation that's happened with Puppygate. Teddy then, of course, okay, I honestly have to agree with Camille a little bit in the sense that I feel like Teddy is inserting herself into situations, which I get. Or shall we say insinuating herself? That's what that's what Camille kept saying. She's like, Teddy keeps insinuating herself. I don't know if she was just wasted or she, she doesn't I mean, know what insinuate means. I mean, I think she was wasted. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, I, I get why she's doing it. She probably was told like, oh, you were too much of a back burner last season. You need to like get up in it, prove your worth, step up to the plate. But like she's overstepping. I like when housewives engage, but something is just not hitting with me. I feel like. There is the sense of like the know-it-allness and also the fact that it's like every single topic of discussion, she does have to insert herself. And it's not even just offering an opinion. When Teddy involves herself in the conversation, she seems to make her opinion the end-all be-all. There is no rebuttal. Like the way I am saying it is the way it's going. It's the objective truth. And it's just not coming across great, especially when you're dealing with people's feelings and you're dealing with complicated relationship dynamics. Like Camille is saying, she doesn't want to put put pressure on LVP. And that's valid. But Teddy is like, nope, my way. This is the only way it has to go. If you're not straight up, then you're totally wrong. Like, this is your wedding. It's It's supposed to be the best day. And it's like, wait, hold on. You're kind of contradicting yourself here, right? Because if it is Camille's wedding, then she should want it her way and she and it should go the way she wants it to go and if she's feeling like by inviting LVP and maybe having her come and it being awkward then it may make me feel uncomfortable too then clearly she doesn't want that for her wedding day so why like why are you pushing this so hard I mean in a way it is she is trying to make for good reality TV but something's not hitting hitting right for me no I get it but I also do think two things are true I do think Camille is very two-faced and that was called out also Right. In this fight about how she'll say one thing to uh, behind their back, but won't confront it face to face. Like, I mean, we saw that clear as day when she was having the lunch with Denise and she was like, oh, that Lisa Renna. Oh, Dorit. Oh, Camille. Oh, Teddy. Like Camille, like she. She called herself out. I know. I said Camille. <laughs> um, but, you know, she like she just can't stop talking about other people and all the issues that she has with everyone. And then like, like Teddy said, won't confront it, which I think is kind of what Teddy was getting at. But I think the wedding was the wrong way to kind of tell her that because the, like you said, the wedding is a complicated situation because it's a big day for Camille. 
she doesn't want LVP feeling uncomfortable, which would make her feel uncomfortable, which would make the whole day a bust. The day shouldn't be about LVP. It should be about Camille. Yeah. I also don't like how Camille is always like trying to use her age as like a weapon. It's so annoying. It's really, and I liked what I liked when Erica was like, oh, Teddy, you, you can drink for your age or whatever. I thought that was a cute way to kind of like diffuse everything because older does not always mean wiser. No, I, I mean, I, I think she, I, okay, this is the thing. After the the political fight that Camille got into, and then this comment, I feel like she's like on this like high and mighty like oh, millennials are ruining the world, and all these millennials are destroying everything that we've come for. Like, it, the, just her comments are very condescending, and she's almost acting like because of her age and what generation she was born into, that she knows better than anyone else, and everyone else is just kind of like frantic and a child that needs to figure out who they are before they come to me. And it's like annoying to see that because I think Teddy sometimes does bring up good points. I think Teddy is a very smart woman. Um, and I think Camille is not, I think Camille is smart, but I think, and I love Camille, but I think she's blows smoke up her own ass too much. She has a bigger head. She's too big for her boots. As my friend says, she gets a little bit too big for her boots. No, I completely agree. And I think that she has the affliction of thinking that the time she grew up in was the golden era. Yes. I mean, she is old. <laughs> um, even though, honestly, there is no golden era. Every era can use improvement. Trust me on that. And she is kind of imposing that belief on Teddy. And she would probably impose it even worse on us. Um, but... Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And, you know, Teddy is trying to kind of like be a little more aggressive and I think make her presence felt because you're right. She has been the forgotten housewife in a way the last couple seasons. Mm -hmm. I think she has gotten a lot of criticism for kind of like standing off to the side and not getting involved enough. So I think maybe she's overcompensating a bit and Camille's just not happy with it. She's yeah. not having it. What did you think of... PK being brought up again and Kyle and Dorit talking about the PK situation and Kyle saying, it's all good. PK actually sent me this great text. We're fine. And then in that moment, Teddy did insert herself again. And she was saying that I feel like what PK did was deliberate and that kind of upset Dorit. And that, that actually sparked again, another Camille versus Teddy thing. And I think that's actually where Camille said, Teddy, you know, you're just young or whatever. Yeah. Um, what, what Did you think it was appropriate f in that moment for Teddy to bring up that no, thing I don't. about PK? I think it was, I think she should have just let it dead. It wasn't her issue. I mean, it was bet literally between Kyle and Dorit. And That's Kyle how and I PK. felt, especially because it was over. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, am I trying to like fight for attention with like another friend? Like friendships between you and other people shouldn't matter. Like it almost feels like Teddy's trying to, build her army or like you know what i think is off with teddy for me she's definitely producing yeah or, or trying to instigate drama but to me it's not effective it's not landing yeah she no. like she's missing the mark just a little bit something's not working maybe she has to get like more on the nose with it um because people aren't like biting on it so it's kind of just like everyone being annoyed and like feeling tension but like nothing really coming to fruition yeah so 
Teddy needs to work on her game there. Well, hopefully she uh, picks it up for next episode and the rest. And yeah. we will be watching with eager eyes. And Overall, I like this episode, though. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was a fun episode. I mean, it was basically just like almost like a little bottle episode about the camping trip. Yeah. Nothing else really progressed with the plot too much. We just kind of saw these ladies having fun, yeah. which we haven't seen in a while. A couple tiffs, a couple Yeah, it was a good just like one-off episode. Some we'll rock climbing. S- it looks like the drama comes back. Next episode with Camille and LVP having a talk. Um, there looks like there's going to be a little bit more drama on everyone's plate. So if you guys don't want to miss a single Beverly Hills recap or any of our other recaps of VPR, Roni, or Summer House... Make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening right now, whether that be SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys are on Instagram or Twitter, which is like everyone, you guys can follow us by searching Hot and Bravo. That's H-O-T and B-R-A-V-O-D. Armin, where can everyone find you? At Armin Mahram on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Eddie underscore Estrada. We will see you next time. Armin, let's go play some beer pong. <laughs> <laughs>